0: This is the Epic Experiment Podcast. It's episode 162. I'm your host, Bruce.
1: Hey, and I'm Pete, and we're glad to be back. We're going to be talking all things Magic the Gathering. Uh, and if you like what you're hearing, our content is on the Lotus Council website, thelotuscouncil.com, and circulating on various Discord servers. Bruce, how do you get a hold of us?
0: If you want to get a hold of us, you can look down in our show notes down below. All the social media contacts are there. And we'd love to hear from you guys out there in the internet. So, uh,
1: Bruce, we're doing our one of our favorite segments. Uh, we're doing Garbage Are Great this week again. What do you have for us it's, today?
0: Oh, goody. All right. <laughs> Audience, this is a card I got in a, in a pack recently. It was a little uh, LCI, a little Lost Caverns of Ixalon. It's called Permission Denied. And this is one of the ones, uh, the special Jurassic Park uh, inspired cars. And so it's a white and a blue, for instance. It's, Counter-target non-creature spell. Your opponents can't cast non-creature spells this turn. Pretty simple text, but the ramifications there, Pete, I think, are pretty significant. Um, and I, I think this card is surprisingly powerful, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate this card. It's yeah, but it's but okay. not because it's garbage. I hate it because I think it's too good, and it oh, I actually, think,
1: I think it's garbage.
0: <laughs> oh, oh! You think it's garbage? Yeah. Okay. Tell me why you think this is think garbage. Because I'm okay. Go I, for it. I'm interested. I think
1: I think it's a chase rare. To be honest, I I don't think it's deserving of the seven dollar price range. Okay.
0: Okay. So so, so and this you? is
1: and this is why I think of if if it this way. Dobbins veto is better because it can't be countered. Mm-hmm. So like, say you play this on the stack, right? You try to counter spell. If they counter that, you're done your stack interaction is over with. Or if they play a storm deck and they copy a bunch of spells of like five times, you still you counter one, but if the other ones are on the stack and you can't counter all of them, then you also don't solve the problem. So, in my opinion, yes, in certain situations, you're going to two-for-one somebody with this card, because they're going to try to play something crazy, and then they're like a an is-it deck or something, or they're a control deck, and they're trying to play a bunch of card draw spells on their turn, or on someone else's turn, and you stop them. And you stop the other person from ramping or something. But, I don't think this card, I think it's good for CDH, but in terms of casual play, and this is I want to be very clear about this, I don't think this card is it fits well. I think it's one of those cards that you would cut pretty quickly, because you could play a one-mana silence, or you could play a two-mana blue blue counter spell if you're in blue-white. I know it's supposed to hit two rolls here, but I don't think it really does. And I think, I'll be honest with you, um, I wouldn't play this. I know it's $7, and on the surface it looks good, but I feel like memory lapse and silence are just better options. Or just playing a permanent that says your opponents can't cast non-creature spells on your turn. Because of the win more card, let's let's be real here, Um, you're playing this to prevent someone to counter your stuff on your turn. Oh, nine times out of ten.
0: Well, yeah, that and that's my problem with it. I think the my problem with it and why I think this card is actually probably not healthy for magic is because I think magic is at its best when um there's interplay between the players at the table and we have a situation where maybe I'm trying to do something crazy cool and you're trying to stop me. And in this case, if I can resolve this. Now it prevents you and any other opponent at the table from taking actions to stop me from action, from deep, from set from you know popping off and doing whatever ridiculousness I was planning on doing because you have no you have no further interaction you could take because of the silence effect that's stapled to this card. So I like I I think the card is very powerful because of the, because it does do exactly that. It makes it so that I have now got it in the clear to go and do whatever disgusting shenanigans I want to go and do, and leaves my opponent sitting there saying, well, that sucks, because I can't really do anything about that. Can and I jump into you real I, quick? Yeah, yeah, go
1: ahead. I was just going to say that the this makes the stack more complicated. So there's going to be players in situations where you, they play this spell, we go around the table, and then you cast a counter spell to counter that, that spell that they played, and they think that the, you can't play it. So this will also create a rules question for many people when they're playing the game. That's the other problem with it, is like the vagueness of the clause. Like, yes, it says, you know, counter this target non-creature spell. Mm -hmm. But then the second sentence says, you know, this other thing. People forget you have to resolve the first sentence before you can resolve the second sentence. You know, it's like like English class, right, where you have a clause and a phrase. You have to finish one phrase and idea before you can move to the next. So, um yeah, sorry, no, I didn't I'm, mean to cut you off. I'm just this I'm is just nervous. this just is another sort of caveat I have with this with this card.
0: Like, no, absolutely. I and mean, you're absolutely right. Like the, and people are going to but what it's for, going to force people to do is going to force people to 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 burn their their interaction to counter this. Like this is like before you pop off, you're going to pr- be able to protect it with this sort of spell and now the fight becomes over this instead of your 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 scary threat or your imminent whatever and that it just it it and then it just creates a situation where the interaction doesn't exist anymore to actually interact meaningfully in the game and i so I, I don't like the card i recognize it as be i think it's very powerful and i don't and i don't and the fact that it's appears in almost thirty five hundred decks since uh, since November sure. is people are very clearly figuring out that this card is Kind of nutty putty. Um, I don't like it, but very I quick. I would I I don't have to go and call it great. I, I I don't think there's any other way I can look at this card and say, well, that's not that's not a card that's not great. That card is potentially very very powerful to make sure that I'm still in the game or my 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 combo goes off or whatever by just making it really difficult for my opponents interacting with me in a meaningful way so My I problem. hate it because I think it engenders the wrong <laughs> yeah. sort of pause play but it's great and I'm like I would be very leery of this card going forward well
1: yeah it reminds me of split second too right because yeah. the rule, the rules interaction with split second is difficult as well because if you cast split second as a card then you have to understand okay what am I able to do right now to respond to this situation mm-hmm. um because,
0: because you, you know morph it, too, like morph, morph similar same game, right? And
1: and and then uh, not to go spoiler, but the new mechanic, I'm not going to say it because it hasn't been coming out yet. But that new mechanic that is like morph, also uh, shows uh, this particular nuance. So, not to get off the rails, but yeah, I I think overall, um, this is going to be a card that we're going to debate for several years until we figure out what to do with it. What I have yep. for you is an old card, because again, I'm the old man of the group when it comes to selection. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so this card, alright, so I'm building this, this life gain deck, but I wanted to do it in a chunk format, which means I'm not going for pinging, I'm not doing like gain one life for each creature being or dying. I want to gain like five life in a chunk. So I looked at this Words of, it's called Words of Worship. Okay, it's a three mana enchantment. It says pay one colorless, colon... So it's an activated ability. The next time you would draw a card this this turn, you gain five life instead. Bruce, what do you think about this crap?
0: So, 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 just be clear. You can activate this before your draw step. You you gain automatically gain life. So, okay. Again, this is the sort of card that I mean, like, part of me wants to say this is awesome because if you're playing a a dedicated life gain deck. This can and you know the most pertinent example we've had recently, although there's lots of decks that do this, is the Frodo and Sam food style decks where Frodo adventurous Hobbit um, rewards you for gaining a big chunk of life all at once. Um, so this would be an easy way to trigger that. I would question the validity to it of putting a three mana do nothing enchantment that sits there and on the battlefield, and if you can't activate this to draw more to, to draw a bunch of cards then you're sinking mana into this card that's sitting on your battlefield not doing much. Um, if you're able to activate this two or three times in a turn and gain a big old chunk of life and get your commanders up and purring, like I think this card could be really quite interesting. I don't love this sort of effect, though. I would rather put something a little more proactive in my deck. Um, I mean, I know it synergizes really well with your commander, but I think on the whole... It's sort of a card slot where if you might find that you top deck this in the later stages of the game, you're going to be sadly disappointed because you may not have the resources to draw more cards to trigger this, to stabilize your life total, and you're just going to be drawing a dead card. So I'm not, like, I can see its applications. And I can see why people get, you, why you, you'd be excited for this, particularly with Frodo being um, a, that, the life, the ring temp mechanic on that Frodo being super interesting. I would think I would rather go elsewhere to find my life game, personally. I think.
1: The only reason that you play any of these, there's a whole cycle of them, right? The Words of Waste, which is the most applicable one for black. Make people discard cards instead of you drawing. Um, Words of Wilding, which we talked about how many months ago in one of our uh, episodes. I wish I could uh, remember the... The ne- the one where it makes two two bears. One shoulder just came out actually. That's why we yeah. discussed it. The only reason you're playing a card is to abuse it, right? In commander.
0: No, it's true.
1: <laughs> so like, like you know, there's um, you know, there's there's cards that say whenever you gain life, draw card, blah blah blah. So I think hitting that threshold is my point. Like I want to hit that that three life or more threshold. There's a ton of enablers that say when you if you gained four more life this turn make a four four angel with flying, or whatever. So I'm gonna abuse this card. Most people will not. Um, so that's that's all I have to say about that.
0: <laughs> no, that's fair. I, I think I mean I think the card is super interesting. I just my one of the things that I keep coming back to, Pete, and I find when I'm playing is that as I get deeper into the game and these sorts of synergy pieces that I get in my I, I draw they're probably not answering the problem I have on the table. That's where I get, that's where I keep getting stuck. And, so? I'm <laughs> something. and that's the, I, I want something that's going to be help me to solve the problem that I have on the table. And this isn't it, this ain't it. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to say, well, cause the, the jam then becomes like, do I want to play the three, nothing, do nothing, three mana, do nothing enchantment. Or do I want to try and put a blocker down, or or do something that's going to impact the board in a more meaningful way? And I find more often than not, I want to put something else on the table instead of this sort of enchantment. Sure, if you can get up and find space, like find a find an opening on the table to resolve this, like if it like maybe in your opening hand right away or whatever. Sure, it's great, but I think you know, and I think it's going to be reflected in the next conversation. Yeah, okay, bet, this,
1: okay, this, bet. This, Bruce. I'll just kill you with this card next time we play together, and then you'll I'm be down. like, wow. All right. So, All
0: right, I'm down. You kill me with it. And I'm going <laughs> to make you eat Frodo, my friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's hobbicide, okay? What are you doing? All right, so so um, this topic actually builds on our last week's episode. So uh, We were talking about threat assessment, and my big thing that was jumping out was politicking. All right. It's a huge part of commander. Most people that I know do it in some facet when they argue about a potential threat, or in the case of like trying to protect their own their own uh, babies and their own their own pieces. So, based on what I do for a living, um, which I can't really disclose, but I do interviewing and I do other things regarding um, sensitive information. But basically, we were talking about the last week or so how to confront people with information so what i mean by this is like you have information in your hand you have information on the table and then you have information that people will give you based on and i say that in quotes give you because it's how people react to situations so it's 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 social awareness and it's it's looking at um how do i like leverage a situation so because it's four people at the table. So it's like Risk, or it's like some of these strategy games where you have multiple outcomes where you have to figure out. Even D&D, uh, it's more of a simple way of looking at it. Where people are, you know, they're they're either chaotic good, or they're, you know, uh, neutral, or whatever. Um, they have different uh, loyalties in that sense. So, what I'm trying to say is, like, social politics is a huge part of this game. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into that. I don't want to go off the rails too much yet, Bruce. But no, how do you how opposite. do you? yeah, no, no I'm just saying, know. how do you how do you look at this? Because I know we're at very opposite ends of how we look at this concept,
0: yeah. yeah. So for me, I'm a teacher, right? And so, as a teacher, I teach elementary school. And um, I know that my students, when I work when I interacting with them. So Pete's influenced by his place of employment, um where he's looking to read people's cues and whatnot, I'm a teacher. and i I have to be very, clear and transparent on my students and that leans into my own personal sense of uh what i think it, it means to approach playing other people with integrity and so politicking for me is very difficult um i struggle with it mightily because of the fact that um my own sense of integrity makes it really difficult to misrepresent something or to obfuscate my information or to deflect from me um, despite the fact that, you know, these are all attributes of of politicking at a, at a a commander pod that are going to ultimately help people gain equity in the, in the game. So I'm uh, my own view of politicking should is, is, is probably much reduced compared to other players because my, I have a sort of a, a peculiar sort of sense of integrity that I, I have a hard time taking certain lines of action sure. because I feel like it's being dishonest. So, um, so when I talk politics, I'm far Give more reticent.
1: Give me just a simple example uh, because well, that'll be easier to understand. than So like say, say I want to blow up your uh, smothering tithe with my croissant grip and I say to the table, I have an answer to Bruce's smothering tithe. What would you and- do in that situation?
0: So the all I would do is probably I'd ask you like are you sure that's the best target that you're going to want to uh, that you want to destroy at this moment because I would look around and like maybe Dave's got a powerful uh an artifact or something that you, you needs to be removed maybe uh Mason has something else that needs to be removed um and I say are you sure that's the best target I wouldn't I would be unlikely to go and point to whatever they've got but I would say are you sure that this is what the line of play you want to take right now um because I recognize that I have a very powerful enchantment on the battlefield that would that would make it a a grade target for a Croson grip. I don't feel like it's my place to go around and say, "Well, look what Dave has on his table. Dave's got his <laughs> alabu active, and Dave's sure. going to start being able to activate that." And Mason has, um, you know, some other powerful powerful piece of equipment or something on the battlefield. I would so I would probably ask the question but I wouldn't direct you to your eyes any one place I would I would trust that you have enough threat like ability to assess the the full board state and for whatever reason you and I have come to the conclusion that differently that this is a threat to you and yeah. I have to respect and as a as a player I respect that choice sure. but I may not agree and I have a really hard time bringing myself to saying, yeah, but if you if you let him resolve that or stick that thing there, we're all going to eat a million damage next turn. And yeah. That, it's not it's that's- not
1: really your your because I mean, I think like like we said um with how we view the game, mm-hmm. um you view it as you're playing the game, right? You draw yeah. your card, you're on your upkeep. You untap your permanence, you play something, you you attack, you go to your second main, you pass. Where I'm like, okay, there's that part of the game, and then there's this level of it, there's like this onion layer underneath it. There's like the egg bake, and you got like the mushrooms and the veggies inside of the egg bake, okay, with the cheese, okay. right? Sounds you got those good. layers. Yeah, so, anyway, so you got those layers. Um, and there's an underneath layer. It's like, it's got a ton of salt in it, you know what I mean? Or like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say. So like, I'm looking at it like like in a different vein. I'm still playing the game, but I usually I'll look at someone's decision and I'm like, okay, why did they make this decision? Okay, they don't have any card draw, so they're playing this very scary bomb. It doesn't happen all the time because there are times where I'm literally just checked out and I'm not actually playing the game. I'm just I'm just participating. <laughs> I don't actually. I'm not even thinking. So like, that's when I pull out like the Xenagos deck or like the you know, the Akiri deck, because it's like me hit you in face with stick, or like you know what I mean? So ben you dang. don't have to, think, you have to think about it, but yeah. well, there's more nuanced situations, where there's decks that are slower, or they require more moving parts and you have to resolve certain pieces that's where I start playing the player right, it's like, okay, what colors are they right. playing whatever um, just to keep it uh, within a, within a blanket here, because this is such a situational thing for me, it doesn't happen every time, and it's not like I can tell you this is the steps you can take to be better better at politicking. I think it comes down to life experience, how long you've played this game, and basically how do you view like decision making? Like how competitive are you as well? Cuz some people they just don't want to do this because they're not competitive, right? So, I think the concern here is just being aware of what what are people's motives during this game, right? what, what is your motivation? Right? Like what right. like like I always ask my friends, "Why did you kill my thing when you could have killed the other person thing?" Right? Like later in the game when when we're all screwed. (laughs) When we're all about to die. I will just I'll rip him a little bit. Or like Alex and I used to do that go back and forth. We're like, Why are you hitting me for twenty five damage? Oh, because I can. Okay, so you're just gonna be a psycho today and like you don't care about winning the game. You just wanna take me down with you. So but I think to keep it to keep it in a in a framework. It's like um it's like what game actions are we willing to take? Beyond um, what what impacts just us, what impacts everybody else? So, um, right. okay. so what what other difficulties? I mean, in terms of difficulties, when we me and you played together, for example, I, I know that you you you'll tune me out a lot of the times, which is a good thing, uh, honestly.
0: Because yeah. I'm trying yeah, to I'm I, trying I, to manipulate
1: I, the situation because I know you very well.
0: So yeah, I I I try diligently to not allow myself to be manipulated. Um, so if I'm not prepared to manipulate other people. I find it very difficult to. I also think I'm difficult to manipulate. I'm easy to predict though, and I recognize that as a flaw because my and I, and I guess it's because it's a sort of a a form of rigid framework that I I have to I adopt. Sure. Um you have your routine, easy, you have your routine of the game. Right? Yeah. I I'm, I'm fairly easy easily predictable, but I'm I I would say I'm not easily manipulated. Mm-hmm. Um so if, if you can talk, if you want to make a deal with me, it needs to, it needs to make sense. You can't just, you know, broker and try and broker a deal and say, or Bruce, Hey, can you deal with that thing there? I might like quite honestly say that doesn't scare me. And you might, Oh, like there's, there's no manipulation to that, to that conversation. Cause I will just straight up say, I don't think that's scary or that doesn't, I'm not interested in, sure. that doesn't impact me. So right? Bruce, where, give me a
1: situation. Where, give me a situation, and I'll tell you how I would handle it.
0: So, um, i will try to think of a, of a of an in-game situation. Um, so, until well, just a week ago, you and I were playing. We're playing with, our, with, a, with another with another player. We do we do we, do we use Fuji's name? Yes, we use Fuji's name. Fuji. Yeah, yeah. Fuji's, Fuji. Fuji's
1: gonna probably come on the show eventually too. So,
0: yeah. Fuji and, and Pete and I were playing, and uh, he had resolved a pack rat, and mm. A pack rat, pack rats can be scary because they they can get out of control. Next thing you know, you're swimming in rats. And my understanding of how you were like you were seemed to be for, uh, more interested in the pack rat than I was. I didn't. I was uninterested in said pack rat. And so, if that were a situation where on the on the table where you're like, "Hey, Bruce, do you have an answer for the pack rat?" I was literally looked at you and said, "I'm not interested. I, that doesn't scare me. I'm not even." I'm not worried about pack rat if pack rat gets to the point where pack rat is a problem then things are, other things other things have gone wrong here than, mm. than worrying about a pack rat because a pack rat is a reasonably slow way to for a, a a deck to accrue a lot of value so I wasn't worried about pack rat although you seem to be demonstrate some measure of preoccupation with it because at least even later in the game you removed a copy of Packrat. Yeah. So, anyway, that's an example of like where like I would look at it and like you if because I because I really thought you were fishing for a way to get me to try and also say, well, pack rat's a problem. Let me dedicate my resources to trying removing pack rat. I didn't care. I like pack rat can sit there on the table. If Fuji wants to discard cards and make make rats by discarding cards, I'm gonna like you have ha- have fun because I can't tell you the last time I lost to a pack rat in a game of yeah. Magic. And that's very it was fair. A- So anyway, so that's just an example where, where mm. you look to me, like you were trying to fish for a way to manipulate me and I wasn't interested. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down. I don't care if pack rats on the table, Fuji can go and dedicate whatever he wants to to pack rat right now.
1: Yeah. So like, okay, this is how I look at it. (laughs) Don't judge me. Okay. This is just how my brain works. I wanted to play dumb. Into a scenario where I could accrue value and win the game, and at that point, honestly, I probably could have. I just misplayed really badly in the game, so it's fine. Whatever, I, I'll just, just you know, off myself. Like later, I'll ask myself later, uh, why? But <laughs> why? No, no, no. So I thought pack rat was a problem in that situation because. It's easy to duplicate it in that particular style of deck. It's easy to recur it, so he could sacrifice it to whatever he was doing, bring it back because mm-hmm. Taltantons Tol- cares about it. I also thought that like maybe you could take care of it, so I don't have to focus on it. So I could just nuke his whole board and like just like wreck both right. of you at the same time. So like, my my idea was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna see if Bruce wants to take care of this, even though it's not really a problem, um, because maybe Bruce will feel bad for me or something, and he'll whatever. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> that, that's one of this is like,
0: I, like I could, I'm aware of how I'm aware that pack rat can be a powerful tool, but yeah, no, I I was like, mm-hmm. I I'm not, I mean, until pack rat is, is showing that he can beat me, like you can beat me with a pack rat. I'm not going to dedicate a lot of resources to trying to kill a lot of pack rats.
1: I guess the other thing is like, cause I was playing a deck where I don't have a ton of big bodies. Eventually right. the pack rat was probably going to just kill me anyway, because I mean, Shalab's a three-three, and like the biggest creature I have is like a, I don't think I think it's like a four-four flyer or something. Like, I don't even know, man. Like I couldn't tell and Shiloh,
0: you. Is, and Shiloh doesn't even have death touch, which is the most. It Doesn't have death touch. Ever. It doesn't have it doesn't reach. Have reach. It, it's literally <laughs> the
1: most useless spider in the game. So, anyway, <laughs> so anyway, looking at this as a, as a takeaway in general, like politics can be good for. Uh, Different types of pods, different atmospheres. I have friends who don't care about any of that, and they'll just attack, attack, attack until someone dies, if it's them or if it's somebody else. Um, people will make these like if you can learn how to read people in general, you can learn like when's the right time to resolve a spell. It doesn't work all the time, but like there are instances where I literally will hold that card that I think can help me like. Create a bunch of value, like Academy. Manufacturer is one of the last cards I play in the Rutstein deck for obvious Mm -hmm. reasons, because not only does it combo with like a kitchen sink, but it also it's easy to play. And like if I get into a jam, that and Rutstein, they create enough value by themselves that I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. need to play it on turn three. There are other situations where like just recognizing what people play to recognize okay, like when's the appropriate time for me to hold my cards? When's the appropriate time to just start? Playing everything, because I feel like we also we've talked about this before. If you start playing a bunch of things, people get scared. Even if you're not actually doing anything, like if you ramp, like I, Xenagos. I, if I play Xenagos on turn three, you're like, "This dude's a problem." But it's like, what if all my cards in my hand are seven mana? Like literally, I'm just doing it because I can, and it's not necessarily because I should.
0: Well, I mean, the thing. Was, I mean, one thing. about why Xenagos isn't such a terrible thing to run out on turn three or turn four or early, early in the game is because it's an indestructible god. Like it sits, it's going to sit exactly. there on the table and be hard for your opponents but, to interact with.
1: Just, just to bounce off of it. But in that case, like the the social awareness of it is like most people see the indestructible god and they're like, oh crap, this dude's just going to start slapping me really fast. Tons of damage, doubles the power and toughness, gives them haste. This is terrible. I need to deal with this immediately. I need mm-hmm. to kill all of their ramp pieces. I need to just wreck them. Other players are like, I don't care because I have a bounce effect in my hand. Who cares? You know what I mean, or like, yeah, whatever. So like, the re if people start blowing up your stuff, it actually gives you more information about what they have, what they don't have, right, or how their deck runs, as well. Yeah, no, well, for so sure. Like, and- so like, like looking at it that way, like how you can leverage these sorts of interactions can help you survive in the game where like you probably shouldn't even be s- still alive in the first place. It's happened to me several right. times where like I'm at like one life, and people kept me alive, and the, the only reason they kept me alive is because. They looked at me. They're like, "Okay, this guy might help me with this other person, right?" And then when they finally figure out a way to handle that person, they handle me, right? Because they could.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: that's, so
0: that's a, that's a very dangerous game to play. Because a Number of times we've we've I have seen people get left left on the table, and then they're the ones that squeak the win out. Because
1: <laughs> yeah. Case in point.
0: Yeah. So I uh, so that's a very dangerous ploy. I've used it before when like I'm like. Usually when I'm not the dominant force of the table and someone else is clearly arch enemy and I have the choice to remove a player because their shields are down or whatever, they've been, just been they've just been crushed for a bunch and now it's time to deliver the killing stroke or maybe I leave them at the table. I would often choose to keep them at the table because that means that maybe next time the guy who is arch enemy has got to knock them out instead of knocking me out. So anyway, it's just like put other meat shield in front of me, so to speak. But um so I mean but I mean again that I don't to me that to me that I don't view that as so much as being manipulated. So I'm not gonna go and turn to the, the the arch enemy and say, well I left him at the table so you can knock him out. Right. Like right. It's, it's a strategic it's a strategic strategic choice that is totally within the purview of my my sense of integrity. Like yeah. I'm gonna leave a player at the table here rather than knock them out here and see if yeah. you know so arch would- enemy see if, See, I would totally take debate.
1: him out. I would totally take him out, like because I think yeah. I think we what we're getting here to come full circle with politicking is like you can't trust anybody at the end of the day. I have friends who've done that to me. I'm like, why'd you kill me? And they're like, when I used to when I was younger, like and I and I was getting into the game. I'm like, why'd you kill me? I'm, you know, I I just want to play the game. Whatever. It's like because I can't I can't just leave you there like, because you're gonna you might be able to kill me. So like I don't take it personally if I'm removed early in a game anymore, right? Because right. It's respect. I literally told one of my buddies that. He was getting really upset uh, at us because he kept killing him quickly, and I'm like, dude, it's because your deck is working. It's because your deck is actually doing what it's supposed to do. That's why we're killing you so fast. And so, like, no, it's true. I understand if like someone hasn't really got to do any game actions, like maybe their deck just struggled with mana like Dave the one time where he only had like three lands for ten turns that, or whatever yeah, it was. It that really hurts. And of course, you're not going to pick on that guy, but um, I've noticed like Sometimes you just have to just do what you gotta do, right? You just gotta wash your hands of it and be like, Okay, we'll play up, shuffle up, play another game. I usually offer that to people, like if the if the game's way long, you know. Uh you guys I mean if you want we can just we can just we can just all scoop at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like scoops. <laughs> Yeah, like we could. I mean, we could just we could shuffle play again, like like, cause when we when I was playing Rutstein, I was taking like twenty five game actions, right? And Like nobody could stop me. I had, I had so no. much value on the board. I had I had ways to protect all my creatures. I had a, a soft lock with Crucible Worlds. Like it's just like there's just a lot going on. And I had a heroic mm-hmm. intervention in my hand. I could I could get Tireless Witness back to get that back. Like it was just it was just a mess. I had like twenty five permanents on the board. It was crazy. So I told him, I said, listen, we. We we can just stop right here, I mean, Bruce wanted to play it out because he has the integrity, right like that's the other integrity piece is like you wanna finish what you start. me, It's yep. like okay, yeah. I don't really care, like I don't really care like if I'm out of the game out of the game, I'll kill myself with a browbeat nine times out of ten, like I'm you know what i mean i'll I'll do that stupid play where you know it kind of screws somebody, and then someone else can pull away because uh, i unfortunately, that's sociologically high was how I was raised, so it's 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 not your fault, it's just more so. Uh, how, how i grew up and what i do now for a living so i, I, don't, have problem, I
0: don't have a problem with that as long as it's not made a spite right like if you want to do something sure. silly that and sure. that that ends your game that's fine but it's something that where you where you do it as out of a spite plate to deny somebody something let's say they would have they could have connected with you and gained a whole bunch of life to me yeah. that's not in keeping with like my yeah. my own integrity sense of integrity would go that's not down bruce take your lumps like take 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 yeah. the L like a like sure. an adult here sure. and and accept so, the fact that you just got thumped.
1: My last point on social politics is like the that particular situation where someone's getting very salty, someone's getting very upset, and like it reads you can read them now, right? Like like you can mm-hmm. use their emotions against them, not necessarily to upset them more, but like if you're playing another game with them, you can you can push them a bit so they they mm-hmm. misplay they yeah. misplay because they're emotional or like you can push them in a different sense where like you can you can egg them on so they attack someone else for you because yeah. of yeah. some sort of situation I, that's an easy I way have, to look at it
0: i've, I've seen, seen that, that too and and, it's, and i and it's a, and i've been guilty of it and it's not a good look so yeah. i definitely recall one evening where i was playing with some friends and i got game one did not go for me the way i thought i thought i should one of my friends uh, took great glee in derailing me and the subsequent <laughs> game I was not I was not making good game choices I was salty and I was spite playing to to screw the other player out of the game too so in the end the two of us pretty much dragged each other to the bottom of the heap and got stomped on by the other two players of the pod because I was d- bound and determined to you know make up for the fact that last game he you know did what i felt did me wrong did me dirty right. and and now in the you know i wasn't able to leave the game behind and from like a game ago behind and accept this new one is a new a new environment yeah and was making poor game choices and it really cost me And i, I thought back after the game I'm like wow was like was like obtuse was that a stupid way to play the game and i didn't enjoy it because i wasn't yeah. i didn't that's just not i how didn't you have it yeah. Yeah, like I just I didn't I didn't have a chance to do what I wanted to do. I was being I was making poor game choices and really not using my cards in a way that sh- they should have been like put in the deck to do.
1: Yeah, so you're trying to separate yourself ideally from the deck, from the cards. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Or, or yeah, and like I do that too, but I'm separating myself even further from like I guess winning the game versus impacting the game, but we can get into that another time. I guess for a quick recap, just just because this is more of a nuanced conversation,, uh, social politics, they are basically those interactions you have with people at your pod where you're trying to convince them to do something or convince them to not do something uh, to yeah. your permanence or theirs, or to someone else's permanence or in that sense. So you know removing things, bouncing things, whatever, also preventing them from killing you in some sense or, you may be deflecting your uh, game actions away from attention, so you can find a way to win the game. Um, Social awareness for us, in terms of commander, is looking at what are players trying to do, what are their motivations for this uh, game, how are they playing this deck, and how are they interacting with other players, because that's another tell. Uh, Sort of like poker, where you sort of figure out how people, what they're holding in their hand based on what what their facial expressions are like, their reactions when they draw cards, because people slip up all the time. I do this all the time. I'm like, I draw this one card off the top. I'm top decking, and I just, I'm like, I sigh or something. And I, so, yeah, that's the, that's the other good. The other thing is like reading that those sort of nuances. And then finally, um, how can we use this overall uh, to uh, have a more enjoyable play experience with friends and people we don't know. Let's recognize these sort of things. They're very nuanced. Some people are just like, like, they're just crazy. They don't even care about this sort of thing. Some people are in the middle, like Bruce, where they have an integrity and they have a morality compass. And some of them are like me, where I'm not trying to manipulate every single situation, but I definitely should not be left alive, if possible. When we play Magic he's together. our
0: dirt bag. He's <laughs> our dirt bag.
1: So, real quick uh, to end the show, um, I had a really good experience today. My girlfriend and I went to this really nice Filipino restaurant up towards uh, Wheaton, uh, Maryland. So, there is this uh, shop up there that is has the one of the largest collections of Magic: The Gathering cards and other video games and assortments in the Eastern Seaboard. Um, they're called Dice City Games. Uh, check them out if you get the chance i don't i don't show not sure if they ship internationally but they definitely are part of star city sponsorships and they go to a lot of those events so they are pretty well known in the in the in the community um and my boy danny hooked me up today um i emailed him a list yesterday night at 8 p.m he got me that list around 1 p.m today so that was pretty excellent because
0: that's pretty good service they
1: have very good service um and they, they really do care, I think. I haven't got the chance to play there much because it's just too much out of the way for me. It's about a half hour drive because of the traffic. But people love that store. I've heard a lot of good things about their service. They have, dude, they have they have a ton of reserve list original printings of cards, like Swords of Plowshares, Alpha. Like, they've got a lot of very valuable stuff, too. So, if you're looking for cheap cards, they have a massive assortment. I bought a bunch of uh, $1.50, $2, $5 American uh, cards today, and they had almost every you, single for, one.
0: For those of you in Canada, that would be uh, almost $25 a card because uh, the exchange <laughs> rate is so rotten. So, anyway.
1: So, anyway, anyway, so like, <laughs> I'm not sure if they ship to Canada, but they definitely have a robust uh, quality when it comes to their service. So, I figured we shout them out quickly. And uh, my friend Danny, now thank you for your uh, your help. And I hope that you enjoy the show. If you're able to listen, he wanted to, he was interested in us. So hopefully we uh, have a yes. chance to to grow our, our, our small uh, grassroots operation here. So anyway, everybody have a great week. Have a good rest of your uh, time in this uh, like snow, because obviously it's been a rough winter for both of us. And uh Bruce, uh, any oh parting God. words any parting shots for us?
0: uh no just uh I was just gonna say like um they I really like the the testimonial but that thing was a great great inclusion because it's thing I think I think it's, again my it's my own code of integrity if we're we we have not tried the service out, I mean, we're not going to advocate for it so sure. um but yeah, obvious uh, obviously folks if you have uh, other testimonials of great stores that we need to hear about um uh, share them with us on all our social medias check in the show notes. We'd love to hear from other about other great stores that are out there in this great wide world. And yeah, stay warm, everybody. It's awfully cold up here in Canada. So uh, bundle up, everybody. Be good and enjoy playing Magic whenever you get to do so next.
1: Take care, everybody. Thanks again. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Have a good day.
0: Bye. Okay.